The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and all of you amazing intentional spirits. I I greet you from sunny St. Pete Beach, Florida, and we have people with us already joining us. We have Elizabeth from Norway. We have people tuning in with Facebook Live. And I just want to say again how much we love you having comments. Hello, Jax. How are you? Good to have you back. We love your comments. We love your questions for our guests. And we love the fact that you share our show because of you. Um, more and more people are joining in and tuning in to um, this incredible experience that we have together every every week. Uh, talk about an incredible experience. Many of you know that I've been a peace advocate. Um, well, I think that we're kind of born being a peace advocate. <laughs> and some of us go through an immense amount of dysfunction, you know, to, to long for for not only inner peace, but peace among, you know, all living things. And I, I felt so fortunate a number of years ago when I met this incredible human me, being that spends every waking hour dedicated to peace on the planet. I'm thrilled to be sharing with you um, one of my dear, beloved friends, John Viscount. John, welcome to our show today. Thank you so much for having me, Temple. It's a joy to be here. Well, I would like to, I know a whole lot more about you than our guests, and I would like for you to kind of give us some background, like you've had lots of opportunities in your life to go and be and focus on many things, but when did you turn a corner a few years ago when you said, I know what my mission is and I know what I'm going to focus on? Well, um it kind of has been a longer process than that. I think it kind of stemmed from some of the, the suffering I went through when I was a younger man um, with some physical illnesses I had, mainly one by the name of cluster migraine headaches, which were these headaches that came in these huge clusters um, over like a two- to three-month period where you could get like anywhere from 40 to 60 of them, and they would pretty much dominate your life and kind of steal your joy. And I actually had those for close to 15 years until you know, a bunch of things came to a head, and one day I said, you know, there has to be a better way to process my life. 
and the things I'm going through, and I start taking a turn into spiritual teachings. I started with Buddhism, and kind of through Buddhism learned to treat my mental states as the sacred things that they really are, and got a lot more mindful about a lot of things. Um, got in touch with compassion and loving kindness and all that stuff, and slowly kind of healed the feelings I had inside, and then that enabled me to look out in the world with those same feelings. And once this had done all this good for me and actually healed those headaches and got me past some troubles, I kind of wanted to just share those teachings with other people so other people could benefit from the wisdom that I was fortunate to have someone pass on to me and it was at that point in time where I started kind of looking to different forms of media from music to film to plays to to books and then eventually even social activism with peacenow.com and peace departments and stuff like that to to take this mission a little bit further and try to heal the suffering I see out in the world so I guess that will kind of sum it up for you Thank you for for doing that, and and let's walk everybody through the the different facets of of your focus now. I mean, obviously, we're going to really focus on the big one called Pepstar, but tell us about PeaceNow.com. Sure. Uh, well, um, after 9-11, I was inspired to write uh, a short film about forgiveness and the Middle East crisis called Admissions. And eventually didn't have it made for about 10 years later uh, because I kind of just put it aside. And then another friend came to me and asked me about writing them a short film. And I remember this film I had written right after 9-11, which was just really written for myself to give myself a pathway to peace, no matter what the world served up, because I knew we were headed into a lot of conflict. Well, we eventually got the script in the hands of James Cromwell, and he agreed to play the lead role. And while we were in post-production after we shot the film, I started researching peace organizations to see if there would be one that I could tie the film into in case people were inspired at the close of the film to take their energy further and maybe get involved with creating peace in the world. And I came upon one organization by the name of the Global Alliance for Ministries and Infrastructures for Peace. And their whole mission is to create permanent infrastructures from the local all the way up to the national level, uh, infrastructures for peace, which sole purpose was to resolve conflict and create common ground and shared interest between different entities. And that just rang true with me. I was always quite taken with Dennis Kucinich's campaign in the U.S. to try to get a peace department. I know peace departments in the U.S. have been on our minds since Benjamin Rush first talked about them back in 1787. So that really hit home. So I reached out to them and got them to copy the film, and they liked the film, and they actually debuted it at their global summit in in South Africa in 2011. After that, the film went out on the festival circuit and was fortunate to win 26 international awards and be translated into multiple languages and broadcast all around the world. And to this day, it continues to get bigger and bigger. Uh, we've just been giving it away from day one. It just keeps getting into more hands. I'm getting reach outs from more people across the spectrum of humankind who are experiencing the film and putting it into teaching edifices and stuff like that. So it's been a great experience. So eventually through that film, I met a wonderful gentleman by the name of Scott Brewer, who had an idea to to gather one billion signatures for peace. And I told Scott I loved the idea, but I thought they could maybe use a little bit more to it. So I actually introduced him to the Global Alliance folks, and we kind of combined the effort, and that kind of became PeaceNow.com, which Scott had launched, and then we added a global resolution, uh, which aims to establish peace departments and governments worldwide that we hope to get introduced to one of the member states at the United Nations. So that's how that all uh, led to the whole peace department thing. And 
so while I was going through this experience, I started to write a whole bunch of other films about a whole other slew of societal challenges like homelessness, PTSD, opioid addiction, um, the global water crisis. And But for the life of me, I had a really hard time getting these funded. So I was lucky to meet a really good team um, in Washington, D.C. when I was doing a screening there, Debbie Schiff and Trish Riley and Jules Radcliffe, Eric Saki, a bunch of others. And they said what we ought to do is create a nonprofit uh, around this work to bring more attention to it. So the idea we came up with was to create something called pepstar.org. And this will be a nonprofit fiscal sponsorship, which will support artists and filmmakers and writers and educators around the world who use their skills and talents to promote the global culture of peace, address society challenges and just spread love and kindness so the url is pepstar.org and probably another couple months we'll start taking on acts and then they'll be able to raise tax-free money under our 501c3 status to hopefully come up with the funds to produce their their projects and then we can put them on our global media platform when we have that established and kind of push them out to the world and get them established so the next generation of important voices is out there doing their thing so that's how it ended up at pepstar I just, I just, I love that. And, you know, I meet, um, from time to time, I meet a number of filmmakers that they, they all tell the same story that they love making films, but they just can't make the same films anymore. You know, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back, or bang, bang, shoot them up, or blowing up, or the world's ending. And they're just not into that anymore. And, um, this is so great that you have, created this organization um, which people can meet and collaborate and and focus on the real dreams of intention it's it's real exciting how long has pepstar been in motion well we just got it stood up in the, probably the last year um, and now we just put up a placeholder website and we have our team diligently putting together the back end so we can start taking on acts and they can fundraise and stuff like that so it's really brand new it's kind of exciting um, and it's fun to go out and to meet with filmmakers like you said because it, I definitely hear the same story that it's easy to get kind of bang them up films done um, stuff that kind of writes to the reptilian lobe but it's a little bit harder to get the stuff that caters to the higher self made and you also got to try to make these films on some level be able to compete with the other type of films so they can stand on their own in the marketplace so it's a big challenge but in my humble view a lot of the the ways that the world is affected is through content these days obviously and if you're watching the wrong type of content which is catering to your wrong instincts it's not going to be helpful so our goal is eventually to have like a whole repository of super helpful films up there that you could send your children to and say watch these films and let's talk at dinner and they'd be getting the proper seeds in their mind uh, watered that would allow them to kind of evolve into love beings I believe everyone actually is and I think content can play a huge role in this especially when you look around the world and see how many people have their faces and all their devices absorbing content so we just want to give them a few a few better choices some really uplifting stuff to mix in with all the rest absolutely and and film is is such a we all know i mean you know between celebrity itis and and the films uh, there's so many of them that influence us in an extremely positive way there's been many you know oh, yeah. for good for good but also, you know, you look at, um, I mean, the sharks would tell you they've never been happy about the films of Jaws and all the ones. <laughs> so true. <laughs> we also know that uh, the films can destroy. 
you know, and they can take away. And you're so right. And they they can create immense amount of negativity. And especially the way that we put children in front of, you know, the films or in front of their little iPads or their little Kindles now, they're getting a lot of influence all the time. So I'm I'm so grateful that you're going to be adding that that area as well. That's really encouraging. I'm just so that you are are doing this and because you're so passionate and you know when you were here in Florida I mean, I think the first question I ask you, aside from hello and are you John Viscount, is I said, where in the world do you get as much energy as you get? <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know, Temple, with your path, which I'm a huge fan of your path and all that you do in this world, I mean, when, when you kind of finally key into the fact that the highest high in life is kind of removing other people's suffering and lifting other people's up, there, there's endless energy for that. Your, your life energy feels like it's eternal, whereas if you're doing something that doesn't have purpose, it feels very finite, and it's a struggle to get things done. But if it's once you kind of get to that point where it is actually all about unity, and that's where all the healing takes place, so all your efforts that pertain to the greater good are going to just have a lot more natural energy behind them because you basically have the energy of the whole universe behind them when you operate that way. So I think, uh, I think that's where the energy comes from. There's an excitement every day to, to wake up and see, okay, what can we use these creative skills to address? in what type of unique way they can remove suffering from people who, who are, there's, I, I don't, it's not my belief that there's really bad people, I just certain, at certain points in our life we get become under the influence of things which are pejorative and bring us down, and that's a simple mistake that we all make, and I think when people go and watch films in theaters or on their iPads or anything else, and they're watching films that have like a lot of revenge themes and are creating separation, well that's not innocuous viewing, because you're building up those muscles in your mind, then when you leave that theater or that little viewing moment and you enter back into the world, well, those muscles have been strengthened. And then you're in your car and those revenge muscles are stronger and lo and behold, you're getting more irritated at people who aren't operating their vehicles the way you want them to. So I think that the viewing is, is a very, very important thing and the content we take in is a very, very important thing. And to be able to use film to present teachings that would otherwise have to be read in a book that a lot of people might not want to read, to be able to use film and music and plays and other mediums to get that across, I think is going to open up this whole wonderful genre to a huge new audience of people, and I think that's hopeful for humankind's future. Oh, yeah. No no doubt about it. Um, how did you pick the name Pepstar? Well, um, the thing that we really want to push is what we're calling peace entertainment. So it's kind of like a genre. I mean, there's a ton of really great people out there doing great work, um, and we're not... We're just trying to kind of package it in a way that'll it'll reach more of the masses. So the genre that we're calling this is Peace Entertainment. So PEPSTAR stands for Peace Entertainment Project Star. And so PEPSTAR is also a little bit of a play on pop star because pop star is a, is a phrase that everyone knows very well. And it's a trick you use in the branding trade where you do a familiar unexpected. You take a familiar um, theme or, or some type of icon, either verbal or visual, that people are very familiar with. And then you flip it a little bit and use it for different devices. So we're kind of flipping pop star into pep star. So the new pop star will be a pep star, a peace entertainment project star who uses their talents and their charisma and their ability to communicate to, as I said before, create really uplifting content, 
tackle the most difficult subjects that humankind has to tackle and do it in a story format so it's not like someone preaching at them. They actually get to enjoy a story and, and be entertained, but while they're watching that story, they're also taking very valuable perspectives which will enable them to develop positive mental habits which will serve them for the rest of their life. So that's where Pepstar comes from, and our main positioning line is promoting the kind in humankind. So that's what we'll be looking for when we kind of adjudicate artists and stuff who come to us, like just to kind of net it out. Where does this really leave the viewer at the end experience? Are they feeling more loving and kind to the world? They feel uplifted? Do they feel more open-minded to different sets of people and people seem different than them? So it, I think it'll be a fun journey. And, uh, and it'll be really fun to be in a mentoring role with these artists, too, to not only help them maybe focus their work and help them get their scripts really looking and shining good, but also to help them with their branding and their communications and to kind of position them to then go out and be a piece artist on their own and create other things. We just want to launch them and get them out in the world so they can do their thing and help them get there. But once they're out in the world, they can do their own thing. And that's kind of exciting too. So it's not only films and pieces of art, it's also the piece artists themselves, getting them established to then stand on their own and do their thing in the world. And I want to um, also mention to everyone listening today that you can go on pepstar.org and you can actually see the film there, Admissions, which is um, the film that we alluded to earlier. Um, John Viscount was actually in the Awaken World International Film Festival that we held in Santa Barbara. My goodness, it's been like, what, has it been three years or four years now, uh, John? Yeah, it's probably. been Probably three. It's been a little ways, right? And I, w- I will tell you that this film is um, close to 22 minutes. It's a film that everybody in the world ought to see. It, it leaves you spellbound. It can change you midway. Um, and it's extremely, extremely powerful. So I would urge you to go on the website as you're exploring Pepstar, look at the film, and then take the time and share it with others because we it's time for us to get the thinking uh regarding our humanity to get everybody out of a box you know and 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 to realize that uh, there is oneness that that we are all connected that's not just platitudes or or things that allow us to have bumper stickers on our car it's a it's a known fact that we are all created out of the same energy everywhere and um and eliminating always that sense of separation that happens with so many countries and people and families and relationships with um, other living things and to, you know, expand way, way beyond that. And um, I'm, I'm just loving this project that you're involved in and really everything that you are involved in, uh, John, becomes a success. So this is well on its way. Um, with peace, uh, peacenow.com, how many signatures do we have now? We might have somewhere. We haven't actually gone out for signatures. We've taken a different tact because um, we've okay. been kind of under-resourced. And what we've decided to do, and I've been working with a wonderful lady by the name of Dot Maver. Do you know Dot by any chance? No. Uh uh-uh, uh, I don't. She's great. Well, she was um, did Dennis Kucinich's presidential campaign, and she is a huge luminary in the peace world. 
she's founded a number of different peace organizations, and I actually recently completed a script called The Highest High about opioid addiction with a, a, a brilliant physicist from Britain by the name of Dr. Jude Curvan. She's written a book called The Cosmicogram, which uses new science and physics to prove that separation is illusion. That, and that's the message of all my pieces, too, is getting us back to the United States. And she was giving a talk at the United Nations last year, so I went, and Dot came down from Vermont, and Dot was one of the original members of the Global Alliance for Ministries of Infrastructures for Peace. Of course, Dennis Kucinich is very much into Peace Department, so she's hip to the whole thing, was doing this long before I was. So we had lunch, and we just decided at that point in time we are going to really get some real movement behind this. So she has gone out to all the peace organizations she knows about. So now we have a number of major organizations. Association for New Global Thought is one of them. Thank you for that, being part of that, and a bunch of other ones. And the idea is to – we're trying to schedule a screening of admissions at the United Nations um, and then be able to bring this broader platform there with us. So it's been a real joy uh, working on that project because it has just slowly gotten stronger and stronger as more people have heard about it. And I think with the backdrop in the world now, that obviously there's always a lot of division in the world, but things seem a little bit um, more rancorous than usual right now. I think people are really seeing the need for things like peace departments and, and peace entertainment, stuff that will kind of cool us down a little bit and, and as you said, bring us back to our state of unity where all these problems get healed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's such a, um, uh, for those of us that are light workers or psychics or healers or Reiki or are just in the vibe of, um, you know, internal listening, I mean, there's no doubt about it. We are engaged in a very intense time. Um, yeah. I, I find it very invigorating, though. I, I do because I, I feel like. You know, with so uh, such a lot of vibration and the intensity and and people on edge, um, I think that's one of those times when people are more apt to change. You know, and and that's what I'm holding is I think that, you know, when even I mean, when you think about your own personal life and, and and you've kind of you're at a space that so many things feel, you know, external things seem to be off. And and from that you really get internally like well I I have no control anyway I just it was an illusion I did I thought I had control but who am I kidding There's an immense time of letting go and a willingness to do something different and that's why I find these times so exciting is that yes it's so intense you know and people are on edge but through that intensity a lot of people are being forced now to really look at. You know, who am I and what do I really believe? And what vote do I count on every day of my life? What am I voting towards as far as something positive and something creative? Um, It's definitely time for more people to have a voice and not stay on the sidelines. So anyway, I get get all impassioned about it because um, we've needed something to shake us up. And this is it. I agree, and I just, obviously, as so many people, I just see this realm as a school. So you don't learn nearly as much sitting by the pool, sipping lemonade, than you do when you're really in the heat of things. And so I really embrace all the challenges that come my way and know that, okay, cool, this is this is a, the source of transformation. And I think it is really good that the world's woken up and they're no longer kind of glossing over all this stuff, which obviously has been underneath the surface all along. And for it to come out into the open is really good. It's going to be painful, but that's where the growth comes from. So I, I'm with you completely i see a big waking up happening right now and i see i, I think the future will be will be better off because of it you too 
I, I really do. And, then, you know, for those that are feeling a little bit weary, just just hold on and um, and stay connected to positive people. And, um, and, yeah, just make sure you have the right people on your boat lifting you up because uh, this, this too shall pass. And we'll look back at all this, you know, one day and go, oh, yeah, it all – it all makes sense now, you know. It all makes yep. sense. Yep. A big shout out to my my childhood friend Dennis. How you doing, man? Good to see you. We are uh, talking to for those of you that are just coming on. We're we're talking to John Viscount. He is the founder of Pepstar. He's a filmmaker, a dedicated producer of films that is dedicated. His whole mission and his passion is peace. And so he spent many years of his life dedicated to avenues and ways and screenings and film and collaboration, bringing people together all over the world to make a difference and impact on on peace and the, the people walking towards it, people committed to it, uh, people making change in their in their lives. Uh, John, I had mentioned earlier that people could go on pepstar.org. Um, I'm going to ask our producer to put that on the comments. We'd love to have comment, comments from all of you. My friend Rick is saying it is there's amazing times, and we're getting some feedback from some others. So please put your comments in. But you definitely want to watch that film. I've, I've already said it once, but I'm going to say it again. Admissions. It's right there on the website. It will take you 22 minutes to watch it, and you will be so glad that you did. It's life-changing. Uh, John, what are other ways that we can support Pepstar? What would that look like for you? Um, I guess if you know of any colleges, that the, the way I'm kind of presenting it now is since admissions is kind of the, the perfect example for us for peace entertainment because not only does it deal with peace and, and the teachings in it cultivate inner peace, but it also addresses you know one of the hot spots in the world, the Middle East conflict, and it's also tied into social activism and the cause at PeaceNow.com and Peace Department. So it's kind of fun to go places. So uh, go to schools and, and do screenings of the film and use it as an example and say, you know, we have this platform where we want to make more films like this. We want to support other artists to do that. So next month I'm going to Dominican University up in San Rafael, and then I'm going to Stanford to screen admissions and talk a little bit about Pepstar. Then I come to the East Coast, and I think we're screening at George Mason and Georgetown and perhaps James Madison, and then it's looking like we might get a screening at NYU. I have to kind of firm that one up, but I've had some back and forth with that wonderful film school. So the idea now is that I go to colleges and I play admissions for the student body, and then I tell them about this platform we have, which if they have good ideas for helpful projects, it could be education projects, social activism, art projects, films, plays, or any other type of hybrid art form that makes sense, that we have this platform that if they apply and they get accepted, they can then raise tax-deductible money uh, for their project to then hopefully get their project produced and pushed out to the world. So if any people that are listening or you know of any colleges that may want me to come and screen admissions and then talk a little bit about Pepstar, that would be a huge, huge gift because the key to this is the artists. It's the people coming on board and getting their stuff made, and that's the whole focus of this uh, is to, to do a lot of reach out and to not only reach out to artists who are established but to ones who might not even be thinking yet that they want to be an artist, but maybe when they find out about this option and that there's going to be an easier way for them to get the, their project funded, maybe they'll they will then become peace artists so we can actually 
vector some people off in this direction for at least a portion of their day of some of the work they do in this world that maybe part of it can be dedicated to creating really uplifting media. So that would be a huge help, um, that alone. And they can also share the website with anyone they know. Of course, admissions is our gift of peace to the world for free, so they can send that around as an example of more of the type of content we want to make. That would be a huge help, Temple. That's really powerful. At, at one time, I know you were working on a film about um, the bullying on the uh, on internet cyberbullying. Is there? Is that still a project in the works? Or? Yeah, it is. It is. We um, have a wonderful offer from a studio down in Mississippi um, for about $100,000 of in-kind services, and we're just raising the last bit of money for the film. And then uh, James Cromwell, who stars in Missions, is going to be directing it, and and then I think we'll be ready to go. It's been a little bit of a process on that. We've mm-hmm. come across a few hiccups, but then some of those hiccups actually led to this idea to create Pepstar because we saw it wasn't quite as ease as we thought it would be to raise the money. So it's actually been a blessing in disguise. So I do hope to have that in production this year. And of course, that's pretty topical. And whether or not that goes through Pepstar is still up in the air. We're still determining if we're, depends upon where the funding comes from. But I think the whole team is real psyched on the script. James Cromwell's ready to go. We've got most of the money raised. We have this wonderful offer from the studio down in Mississippi. So we're very close. But in the meantime, as I said earlier, I've written scripts on a number of other societal ills. And so I've got a whole slate of things I'm going to be trying to get funded along with that. And I just, in fact, I wrote a new one last week about racism called The Human Tree. And these, these, these projects just kind of keep flying out of me. So one of my goals on this journey is to get a solid funding basis where I can just kind of create these things and get them funded and get them out in the world and just offer them up to schools and whoever else wants to use them to address, you know, the challenges that students and people in this world come across. Because mm-hmm. we hope these, are, these will be valuable tools. So there's, there's a lot of stuff in the works. But Pepstar is definitely a major push because once we get that up, that's going to help other artists get their work done. That becomes a force multiplier for the work. So that's a main focus right now is Pepstar. That's awesome. Uh, John, you had mentioned earlier you had alluded to a few projects that you're working on. And I, I think it would be great if we could take just a few minutes and you could tell the subject and give us a little teaser and you and I kind of interact a little bit on that because I really want people to know uh, the brilliance of your mind and uh, how engaged and enrolled you are in really knowing. I mean, you know, there are some people that their whole world uh, is what they see on titles in the news. And they they go, this is the world, um, which it's not. It, it's a little small. It's kind of like walking into a house, you know, that has 32 rooms and stay in one room and say, this is the house. It's not. Um, and so many people assess the world by what they're told by other people instead of a much bigger picture. Um, and so that's what I love is your objectivity. So, for example, you were just talking about, and I know you don't want to give us the whole story or anything because we'll get that from the film, but let's address some of those because as a peace advocate, you have such passion about it. So when you talk about racism and and the tree of life, um, what, uh, what do you connect with when you're talking about this idea called racism? Well, it's just that we all come from the same tree, and, and it's unity. It's the thing that you're so passionate about. It's the thing that I'm so passionate about, that that we're inextricably interwoven forever. And th- though we may branch out during our life to have these seemingly separate lives and se- seemingly separate identities, 
at the end of the day, we're all come from the same thing, and we're going back to the same thing, and we're, we're, we're together forever. And so that is a children's animation that will make this very plain and clear using just very simple images from nature. And uh, it'd be a fun one to do because it's a short piece, very short, like a minute, but it's got a ton of powerful meaning in it in that short minute. And I think it will – I would have liked to have seen that when I was a kid instead of kind of being on my own trying to figure out the world to have some guideposts early on that say, you know mm-hmm. what, you're going to go out in this world as you grow older and you're going to grow apart from certain people, your family's going to grow up, but in the end, we're all the same. We all come from the same thing, we're all going from the same thing, and that thing that we are is basically love. So I'm excited to get that one done. And that one just came came out of me last week. I was actually on a month sabbatical, um, a writing sabbatical, and what I wrote on that sabbatical is I, I've been, had some people take an interest in my book, which is called Mind What Matters, a Pep Talk for Humanity, and that's like 22 chapters which address some of the biggest challenges that human beings come across finding everlasting peace and happiness. And it's kind of, in my mind, like 22 short films. It's like 22 admissions, and they're all different themes. So some people have taken an interest in that because I guess it's gotten some good reviews on Amazon. So one outfit approached me and told me I should do an online course centered around it. So I've created something called the Mind Supplement, which will be a supplement to Mind What Matters, and it is questions, single questions, uh, single-line questions, single-line answers, and then guideposts that come in italics after that, which take you deeper into the material. And all told, there's 267 questions, answers, and guideposts. So it takes you extremely deep into all the teachings of of the book itself, and and take you on all these separate journeys. And then you're you're. Ex- you're told to actually create a journal, which then you can come back to later to compare your thinking to when you first had your first maiden voyage with the mind supplement and how, how you start thinking a couple years down the road. So that is that was a big one, very, very deep piece. And so now I'm going to be putting that into an online format where people will be able to order this. And the first day of the week, they'll get the chapter, then spread out over the rest of the days up to the weekend. They'll get all the questions and all the guideposts, which will take them on all these deeper journeys. Then they have the weekend off, and then the Monday at the next week, it all starts again. So very excited about that um, to see where that goes. And that's a different, uh, as you know, Temple, I'm kind of a believer of using different types of medium to enter the human mind, music, plays, books, and stuff like that, because it all hits the human mind differently. So that feels like satisfied a big need there to create something much bigger out of that book. Now, some of the other film things I've done, The Highest High is a film about opioid abuse. And I have some experience with that because as I talked about earlier, when I had all those cluster headaches, all the doctors did was prescribe me massive doses of painkillers, like really powerful painkillers and things like steroids and another drug called Cafragot, which was huge amounts of caffeine. Unfortunately, they never once sat me down and talked to me about like what was really going on inside and what was actually causing these headaches. So I kind of suffered through that type of a kind of a lower self regimen for 16 years until I turned to spirituality. So this uh, script kind of addresses that, and it takes, you follow two kids through a day, and they both go through a park, and they're both offered opioids by by a dealer. And one takes the opioids because he has a, a bad home life with divorced parents and alcoholic mother, stuff like that. The other one has a strong home life, and he says no, and he instead goes to the library. So we then follow both these kids, and the one kid takes his opioids and basically goes to work and ODs. The other kid goes to the library, 
and actually goes to the spiritual section, starts reading these spiritual books, and has an utter transformation, goes on an internal journey, and is completely changed. And it leads to some pretty interesting conclusions in the end of it. But the message is, is that the one kid who goes to the library comes upon unity consciousness and realizes that the highest high in life is looking after others. Whereas the kid who goes to lower self medicines like painkillers, he ODs. And that's kind of indicative uh, you know, in, on a broader theme of what a lot of human beings go on in this, in this world. And so the idea of that is to get that film made and then I can go out and talk to students and actually use my own experiences because this is exactly what I went through. It wasn't until I found spirituality and learned, wow, it's much, much better high, much better better way through life when you're looking out for others than just looking out for yourself. So I can kind of speak from experience and talk about my headaches and then take them to where I am now and hopefully inspire students and stuff to then also take that path and go, wow, what can I do to get involved with something bigger than ourselves? Because I think the biggest challenge taking on an individual body is that it locks you into this limited perspective, and that limited perspective is what leads to all your suffering. It's only when you shed that limited perspective and see things from unity consciousness and that we're all one, that's when the true joy sets in because you're now in touch with what you truly are. So Highest High is another one of my pieces which does that. Oh, yeah. We're, we're definitely wanting to make some changes in regarding to pharmaceuticals and people being, you know, so apt to be strung out on drugs. It's, it's one thing for a person that absolutely has to have something. But there's so much of the addiction side that is happening, too. And what I'm seeing a lot of now in our communities are the grandparents raising their grandchildren because their their children are, are addicts and aren't capable and often are written off from the system of, you know, knowing that they don't have any ability to raise children. And we have, you know, meth babies and, and those kind of things of how they're impacted the rest of their lives in one form or another. So, yeah, I'm so glad that you're, you're addressing that. And the other one that you mentioned um, that is always controversial, you know, depending on what side or what team someone's on, is the idea of climate change. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um, I just think that there, regardless of how you feel about climate change, the wise path is to lessen your use of stuff. I mean, that just comes down to basic spirituality. Simple is genius. The more things you need, the more tenuous your happiness is. And you also can't just live for your little time scale. You've got to actually think about people way in the future and what you're leaving behind. So, so this is a, a piece that I'm working on with an environmentalist, a scientist, an amazing man by the name of Ronaldo Brutico that Dot Maver introduced me to. And he's, he's done a lot of work out in California shutting down toxic nuclear plants and stuff like that. And he's got some neat, innovative ideas on how just to lower the temperature of the earth. And the whole thing working on this project is to not blame anyone. You, if, you, if you blame anyone for anything, they just go into a defensive posture. And that's not kind anyway. Is to, the idea is to invite them into an uplifting conversation where we can all work together to solve the world's ills. And that's the approach we're doing it on that. And that's kind of applying what we know from spirituality. If you want to actually connect with people, you don't do it through condemnation. That just casts them out of your heart and, and casts probably you out of their heart and creates that separation what leads to the hellish type of experiences we have on earth. It's always about inviting people in and operating from shared interest and common ground. That's how you're going to get things done. So I'm going to be having a second um, meeting with him 
probably around February 20th, and he's a real go-getter, like an amazing, amazing doer. So I'm hopeful about that one, too. And as I get further along with that and have something to share, I'll definitely reach out to you and share that one. That's up in Santa Barbara, which you've spent a good amount of time at. Oh, oh that's exciting. I'll actually be in Santa Barbara in March. So Will you? Okay, cool. I don't know if there's a way we can hook up, but that would be great. Yeah, yeah that, that would, would be, be awesome. Yes. So... Wow, just so many projects of um, uh, to be part of the change, and I I love what you're talking about because we 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 tend to in our humanity think in extremes. You know, it's like, well, there's no, I don't really believe there's a problem, and I'm not talking about me. I'm just this is an example. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really think there's anything wrong with our climate, and I don't think we have any problems, and I can't see where that's making impact. Um, or, or that we do, and it's the extreme. Yes, we do, or no, we don't. Whereas in the middle is where all the wisdom is. Exactly. You know, it, that's what you're saying. It's like while people are debating the yes and the no part of it, why don't we just have the wisdom that whether we do or whether we don't, there's still a lot that we can do with our consumption of plastic, um, with better ways of recycling. I was just seeing, um, not too long ago, a friend of mine, uh, Patricia Corey, she specializes in, in the whales and, and dolphins and all the sea life of, uh, you know, being a voice for them in so many ways. She's written many books. But she sent me over where a couple of uh, college graduates have created a machine that's getting all the junk out of the ocean. Have you seen that? No, I have not. That sounds wonderful. It's brilliant. You can you can Google it. You know, um, college students create machine bringing um, stuff out of the ocean, and it is incredible what they are doing and how they're able to use that and recycle it. And and so good things are coming all around if we just allow that space to be allow that space to be open. Uh, did we go through all the projects that you were mentioning? Because, because all of them are pertinent to, to every one of us in some way in our community or, you know, in with our the love of humanity and the things that we're involved in. Climate change, racism, um, bullying. Yeah. Got a bunch. Um, I mean, yeah, I have other short films written about other subjects. And I also have this play, which I think could be of interest to schools. It's called The Resolution, and it debuted in Canada uh, with Dr. Barry Brody, this wonderful director up there who directed it. And it was a wonderful experience. So the first act of this play, it's kind of a hybrid. The first act is my cyberbullying short film called The Principal, um, which is a fairly powerful piece, a lot of deep teachings, and a lot of kindness and love at the end of it. And then that act ends, and then one of my themes songs I wrote called Love Being comes in, then the second act of the play starts, and that is a play version of my film Admissions. Then that ends, and then another song I wrote called Free comes in, and then the third act is actually a Q&A with the audience and the actors, which is, to me, the most exciting part. I mean, the first acts are fun, there's no doubt. The drama's fun, the teachings are fun, but it's really enjoyable when we all get in that room together and just start talking and the conversation starts, because it gets very deep. Uh, These both these first one and two acts are designed to bring out a lot of emotions and and a lot of and to challenge us in very deep ways to look at the world differently. So it's a very very rewarding play. And then at the end of that third act, we then talk about PeaceNow.com and the global resolution. So the name of the play is the resolution because there's resolutions in it that it kind of encourage us to 
these are emotional and spiritual resolutions saying if we act this way, these better things will happen. We'll be more likely to get into a heavenly state of mind. But then as a backbone of the whole play, there's also the global resolution where these two first acts lead to, and that's the global resolution at peacenow.com that establishes peace departments and all the world's governments. So it's a spiritual teaching. It's, it's interactive with the audience, and then it's got social activism. So if any of your audience has any interest or have any ideas on what playhouses or what colleges might want to put that on, we'd be all ears on that one, too, because that, once again, is just a gift to the world, and it's another way to show a different version of peace entertainment, this being in a play form that has all the same elements, it's got all the teachings, but then it also leads to a big, big, important uh, movement to create peace departments and in in governments worldwide. So if anyone has any ideas about that, we would love to hear about it. That's very powerful. I tell you, it's just really incredible all that you're dedicated to. And um, looking back at the the last few years that you've been such an advocate for peace, John, can you see that measurables? I mean, at, at the end of the day or the end of the year, can you say, yeah, I really feel like I can I can see some impact happening. Are you seeing it around you? Um, I think so. I mean, I'm just very fortunate to be working with a growing team, and these people are all wonderful folks who've just joined in, not necessarily because of me, but just because of the work and and the, the bit of momentum we have going. And I think that's very, very heartening to see that, people actually keying into the, the healing aspect of this work and how it basically just makes – I mean, you, you want to heal yourself. Just try to heal the world or try to heal someone else because when you take the focus off yourself and start pouring out kind of that, that – wonderful intention towards someone else to lift them out of their suffering, well, you can't be helped but be uplifted yourself. And I think that is right. the biggest thing I've seen from this work, that regardless if there's global impact, I mean, are we going to heal the world? Is that even possible? I think what you can do in this world is you can incrementally improve people's lives and have people maybe make better intellectual and spiritual choices, which just lead to better happiness for themselves and for those around them. But what I think I've seen, the most gratifying thing for me is that when people start to get involved with this work, they themselves seem a heck of a lot happier and that's what it's all about like I don't really worry about changing the world as much as changing each individual that the work comes in contact with and I am seeing that and I know it's brought me a lot of joy in my own life and in fact I'm most happy when I'm deeply involved in creating the next project I find I'm a little less happy when I'm just kind of existing in the world just kind of thinking when I'm actually fully engaged in this work there's nothing else to do but be in the work so I think on that one level seeing how people who are beginning to work along with us and the joy it's bringing them on that level yeah i'd say i'm seeing some impact and that's that's gratifying because at the end of the day just want to lift people up right absolutely well that you do that that's for sure i want to emphasize again to go to pepstar.org so you can stay in touch and know what's going on Uh, there are opportunities to get involved with the organization And I I think this is going to be the kind of thing, uh, John, that we're going to look back five years from now and say, wow, you remember? And and I was talking about Pepstar, and we had just started a year, and wow, do I have stories to tell now. So I I truly will look forward to having you back on the show and hear what you and your amazing team have have been able to accomplish, that's for sure. Um, Thank you, Temple. You're so, so very grateful to spend this time with you, and congratulations on all the work you're doing. Yes, I would love to see you in Santa Barbara, so please let me know when you'll actually be there, okay? I I will. I I absolutely will. 
Um, in some closing words, John, um, what do you feel strongly about or what would you like to share with our audience today? We have people listening from all over. So any any point or ideas or something on your heart you would like to share? I would just say whenever possible, um, think about the whole. You know, think about the the entire organism that that humanity is and i think when you do that you'll key into all the hopes and dreams your heart will grow your compassion will grow your ability to um comprehend larger things and to prepare yourself for life after this individual body i think the best way to do that is to get in those head spaces now to get in the unity head space now and be prepared to be with everything in perfect love and peace and do it while you're in this individual state that you think you're now and i think uh you're the 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 jobs and the the goals and the intentions that you carry with you in this individual state will work out better when you dedicate them towards unity. So everything you stand for, Temple, I think is is completely right on. It's everything that I will continue to pass on to the world. It's all about unity and then because that's where we come from and that's where we're headed. And so just keep the faith, right? Keep and we keep that faith for sure. We we absolutely do. And I I think another point of that is. Um, you know, often people will say to me, you know, how do I get faith? And I, I, I say to them, if I were you, I would look at another question. Um, what do you have faith in? The things that you see in your life are an indicator as to what you have faith in. Definitely. And so, right? Because if you keep seeing the same kind of things in your life, you have a lot of faith in that always showing up in your life. And yep. so I think that that's a, a big awareness, you know, for people. And that's why I love what you're doing, because you're talking about how people say they want to be less angry, they want to be kind, they want to get along better with their children, and yet they'll sit down and they'll read material or be involved with people in their lives or watching film that is filled with violence and anger and hatred, that just makes your life a lot harder. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and also just taking the focus off ourselves is like the easiest way to find peace is so interesting. Just take the focus off yourself and focus on someone else. I mean, that's a, been a truism that's been stated to since the beginning of recorded history, but it is so true. Just take the focus off yourself because it's interesting. It's our own individual will, which in a lot of ways is the greatest impediment to our own individual happiness. Yes, ab, ab, absolutely. Well, there's there's no doubt of, about that one for sure. Um, but just to be aware of, you know, that your world keeps producing according to what you affirm that you see in it. Exactly. And I, I think that there's some real magic into, you know, getting another set of glasses and being absolutely. able to look at things from a place of, um, of gratitude and magnification. And that is... You know, I, I notice it here on, on, on Sunday, you know, the energy might be um, a little bit low or people are settling in and I'll say, get up and go sell, say hello to somebody. The whole room changes yep. because, like you said, somebody started thinking about somebody else for that exactly. moment and that, and that period. I, I just want to um, say again to Elizabeth in Norway, thank you for tuning in and all of our friends, we really are grateful to you. Please share this show with others so other people can know about Pep Star and what they're doing and 
And uh, we're all excited that there's going to be more and more great films that we can watch that actually have meaning and depth and that can change people's lives and influence our children and our grandchildren, that's for sure. Uh, John, thank you so much um, for being with us. I look forward to having you on the show again, and thank you for being an intentional spirit. For those of you that enjoy listening to the show, you can go and join us on firstunity.org or visit me at templehays.com. It's been a pleasure uh, to, to connect with all of you today. God bless you on this amazing journey we call life. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, Join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Life is a balancing act with hectic schedules and ceaseless demands on our time and attention. We've learned to prioritize. So often, though, I neglect to make time for what is most important. In our drive to get things done, there is an underlying desire, a need we all share, the need for peace. It is a gift that waits within me, ready to be enjoyed if I will simply allow myself the opportunity to connect. Inner peace lessens the everyday stresses of life and reminds me that how I am, the mental and spiritual point from which I view myself, is as important as what I do. I can make peace a priority. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.
Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, Join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Life is a balancing act with hectic schedules and ceaseless demands on our time and attention. We've learned to prioritize. So often, though, I neglect to make time for what is most important. In our drive to get things done, there is an underlying desire, a need we all share, the need for peace. It is a gift that waits within me, ready to be enjoyed if I will simply allow myself the opportunity to connect. Inner peace lessens the everyday stresses of life and reminds me that how I am, the mental and spiritual point from which I view myself, is as important as what I do. I can make peace a priority. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. 
Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.